Welcome to another episode of the Unpublished Podcast. My name is Amy. I'm James. And today we have my good friend, Seth Haddon, on the podcast. I am so excited to have Seth on because Seth is in my personal group of writing friends who exchange work with each other. And he's the first person in our group to be published, to have a published novel coming out. And his novel is coming out. Seth, can you remind us? Exactly when it's coming out? The 4th of October. Yay. 4th of October. And yes, we are on Zoom, even though we're both in the same, all three of us are in the same city, but that's the world that's, we live in now. That's the world we live in. Um, <laughs> Seth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. Good, good. Um, I, first of all, want to talk about the book because it is awesome. I absolutely loved it. Um, Amy, I'm going to dub Amy in here. She hasn't finished reading it yet. She's just started <laughs> reading it, but that's okay. Because I think we're going to have a little bit of like, a, we're going to convince Amy that she should read it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm already there, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say a few words about it, but then you can, you know, t- let me know if I've missed anything out. So Reforged is your, it was started as a novella, didn't it? Yeah. It was meant to be 20,000 word novella. So I Amazing. resolutely failed. And your public because you you had a mentorship right with the publisher and they were like you know what it's so good we've That's got to make so it a book cool. yeah the first chapter was six thousand words so I already knew I was in trouble pretty much from the <laughs> but, yeah. um... and is that the first chapter is that still the first chapter in the book yes yeah it actually mm. didn't change too much That's um, cool cool yeah. We had to add a whole well, Amy has read the first chapter and you already it's fucking stunning like she, visually she immediately stunning. noticed what I've always noticed about you Seth is like when we've always said this is that you have, you've always been the best of our group with language and with creating a vividness. And um, it's just, I'm a blunt writer, you know, like I just, this happens, this happens, this happens. You always take it, like elevate it to that next level. And I think it's immediately on show from the first chapter um, and throughout. And sorry, I'm going to keep, I'm going to go back to <laughs> what the novel is about what in, is in general. First. You can see it's a very chaotic podcast, um, but so it is a queer fantasy romance obviously i'm very on board for that amy's super on board for that um <laughs> as someone who writes queer fiction herself and it's um something that i absolutely loved love about it is that it is absolutely something so if anyone hears we have um, there you go a dog in the background so i just want to let everyone know what he's doing he's obsessed with my box of books that i have the rules he of wants to destroy no your books. he wants to destroy it yeah. James, you keep going. Okay, I'll keep going. Deal with it. Um, is that for me, as someone who reads mainly fantasy and not a lot of romance, there was absolutely like there's something for both there. And not only that, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed the romance of it. Because I think, and I don't want to spoil anything for anyone, but because the romance is a slow burn, and I hope that you don't mind me no, spoiling I, I that at all. No. Um, it's it means that as someone who is mainly a fantasy reader, I could really ease into the romance side of the story and as it grew and grew and grew I was like more and more up for it that's something I absolutely loved about it um do you have anything that you feel like what's your pitch what's your pitch for Seth? the book like I want to oh, know gosh. how I mean that's literally the worst pitch. question <laughs> the worst question that anyone can ask an author ever and we would know but yeah. we're still asking yeah okay all right well I, I guess I, I do call it like a, a second chance uh, fantasy romance. I sometimes use the word bodyguard romance as well because mm. that tends to be big in the the romance community. Um, I think initially I wanted it to be a romance first, but because I 
primarily write fantasy it kind yeah. of yeah yeah <laughs> like, overtook it uh, a little bit there but I, I guess how I, I pitch it is um it's from the point of view of a, a young man named Balin who has become the prime paladin or the right hand man bodyguard for the king um only this king is not the man he intended to serve uh it is the fifth heir to the throne whose siblings have all been killed very recently um so we also have Zavrius who never trained to be king never meant to be in this position um and kind of doesn't want to be in that position either um yeah and they have had a past relationship that ended not too well so there is a lot of tension there um and yeah some some sparks yeah. still yeah <laughs> and and for me as a family fantasy fan some, i love the richness of the world building which i was honestly i was surprised by because i feel like knowing you you kind of bang this out pretty quickly yeah um, how, was the, how was the world building process for you honestly it it's weird because i i i approached this book via vibes which is really terrible i think no i love that <laughs> it literally because I had to come up with this novella. So I was going on these long walks, like, oh God, I got to generate this plot. And I'm mm. really not someone that can, yeah, I, I know people that can step into a shower and come out with a fully formed idea. And I'm like, I need to contact a muse. I need a, like, a blood mm. ritual sacrifice. Like I need, <laughs> I need a long period of time <laughs> to formulate this thing. So I, I literally just had this idea of arcane armor. I thought that would be yeah, really cool. So cool. Um, either magic stored in armor or somehow channeled through armor. Um, and I saw these gauntlets by Max. Sorry, uh, Max doing another dog break. <laughs> he's going crazy. Oh, no. Sorry, keep going. Well, good. I saw um, this this picture of uh, these gauntlets by Maximilian Maximilian the First gauntlets. Mm. These really beautiful articulated mm. things, and I thought well, that's cool. And then, do you think, do you think that they were these gauntlets were were combat gauntlets? Like, were they? They looked ceremonial, from what yeah. I can see. They they're a bit too, I think, articulated and decorated for battle but because i'm doing fantasy i was like why not let's have all the weird spiky articulated armor as your battle armor yeah. <laughs> well i think something, something that Nick, uh, that seth and i both share in common is that um it's we're both ancient history nerds and we both yeah. studied ancient history at uni and that really comes across to me in the novels so you know if anyone's out there who just you know when someone is a history nerd you can tell it's like you already have this foundation of politics. You have the foundation of economy. You have a foundation of, you know, even agriculture and things like that, and a, a real uh, of diplomacy. And these are the, all things that sort of effortlessly happen in, in the novel and aren't in any way shoved down your face, your, your throat. Sorry, but um, just you can so tell that you have a deep understanding of these things. Yeah, I think it definitely, definitely helped. Um, like even in this second, because uh, I'm writing the the sequel right now, mm. and. Um, which is set in the empire, which is the the, the warring country from, Ooh, from the first so novel. It's just so interesting. Yeah, so I've got uh, I, I have a degree where I you know studied Roman history and, and the end oh of the God, Roman you empire. I know. <laughs> you should it's imagine me met a, like a year before I thought we met initially. Like, oh. yeah, I we met when when James was doing his thesis. I got oh. dragged to this event where. I, I met him in a blur. I didn't realize later because we met at, at the, the writing um, so course. Cute. I know, yeah. And I was so like, cute. God, he seems familiar. Yeah, and, then, and then here's this, this guy comes and sits down next to me or maybe I sit down next to you and I was like, 
it's weird that we're both really into ancient history and, yeah. we, and we both went to Sydney Uni and we didn't meet, but then we did. <laughs> then we did. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I think that you're right. Like history, especially in fantasy novels, is the most incredible bedrock for people to build from. And when you have that really good world building um, space, I feel like it comes from understanding how history has been. Do you think history is the degree you'd want as a fantasy author? I mean, I'm biased, but I think yes. I think so. But I think it's also interesting is that like, especially something like Sydney Uni, right? The the type of ancient history that's offered is it's Rome and it's mm. Greece. Yes. So you're inevitably in this really Western. Yeah, like, very true. It is, it's, yeah. it's true. Like I would kill for a little bit more Near East, a little bit of a little yeah. more East Asian history, like anything, you know, it would be. It's a real shame. Yeah, because yeah. you're right. The palette that we have to draw from is. Uh, it's beautiful, limited, yeah. but it's limited. Yeah. So I tried. I I tried not to make it too grounded in something like ancient Rome. I wanted no. it to be a little less recognizable in in that. Yeah, regard. and that's why I was saying, you know, as someone who likes history, it wasn't the oh look the Romans or anything. Yeah. It was you could tell that it was more like the depth. Yeah. yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, I can feel that. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, and and it's a you know it's I think. This is actually something I was going to, I almost started to say earlier, but I've come back to is one of your great strengths as a writer is your physicality. So, and that comes out, your, your fight scenes are so vivid. And so for me, I get really excited about that because fight scenes, I think like I'm, I'm a sucker for a fight scene and your fight scenes are so beautiful and the movements are so clear and um, at the same time, it's so exciting. But then, you know, you, you get to a, uh, a love scene and it's also at the same time, like you, you bring the same, I never thought about the two as crossing over, but I feel mm, like interesting. you equally were so able to write a love scene as well. What's your favorite, yeah. sir? What, between writing yeah, a sex scene oh, and a The sex scene and the war. The sex scenes took forever. Um, they really yeah, had hard. to be crafted over like days. I was, I was like, every line, I was like, this is I, very hard. I want to take over and talk about the sex scenes. Yeah. So I, I write a lot of sex scenes and it is hard. It's a real mm. craft. It's very different. Um, and I also, I, I tend to leave them till last because mm. um, I find them the most intimidating. Um, do you have a process for it? What, like, how do you do it? I mean, firstly, I'm a, I'm a true and true chrono- chronological ah, author. You so know what? I, I love to hear it. Yeah. I can't be dealing with these writers who write out. <laughs> I can't do it out of order. But you're like, Amy, you'll, you'll put I in will, like, a sex like, scene, but you'll be like, sex. they had sex. Yeah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then <laughs> I return next draft yeah. and I'm like, and then I'll put like a few more graphic words in and then next draft I'll add a bit more. But you do it chronologically, so you yeah. Just go it. Yeah, I just go, I just go straight through it. Um, I guess my my process, I just I just sat down. I also I think I also ripped apart my shelves just trying to find any other Examples. sex scenes that I could read, yeah. especially in fantasy. Um, so if you like by Jin Hale, I was mm-hmm. reading, I was reading um, Captive Prince again by C.S. Cat and trying to get the, get a sense. But even then, I mean, I went back, I went right back to AO3 and fan fiction as well because I think like there's yeah. a lot of people there that are able to like go a lot more but um mm. you know like like Pamela Freeman now um what would you call her Our writing instructor writer instructor yeah 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 um she she never writes or she, she doesn't like writing uh fade to black scenes either mm. so I think I get that we actually we well. just had a podcast two ago about oh. sex and it wasn't necessarily about writing sex scenes, but it was about mm. how to, you know, mixing sexuality and the fact that we are sexual beings with our, our writing, yeah. putting it in our books. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And but is, James is, James is, um, he fades to black. I don't 
not always, but and I think it's a shame. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go look after the a dog. dog. <laughs> Goodbye, Amy. Um, my favorite subject. <laughs> You can, you can really see, I mean, our audience will be listening to this and being like, this is just a classic unpublished podcast episode. Um, <laughs> Love and it. It's actually even more than all. I'm just like, I'm glad it's you, someone that I know, because, you know, so we've had people on before. We've like, we had Jay Christoph on a while ago. And, oh. and if it had happened then, I would have been like, like, I don't know how to explain <laughs> this to you. I don't. What, no, I know the chaos. I, I guess we're just unprofessional, which we are. It's our brand. Our brand is unprofessional. <laughs> I love that. No, that works. Yeah. yeah. And I think people like, that's why, you know, if you, if you don't, we had a one-star review recently, which was like, oh. um, just meaningless chit chat or something like that. And I was like, well, you know what? I can't blame them. <laughs> it's pretty accurate. Meaningless, exactly. Meaningless chit chat. You got me. You know, it's, it's that thing where one man's trash, another man's treasure. Exactly. You know, some people would flock to that. Yeah. I think, people, I, th- I think people go, maybe if, Amy and James can have a podcast. Maybe I can have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're set the bar so low. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, I want to go back to sex. What was it like for you, to, particularly to sink your teeth into queer fiction? What did it feel liberating for you? Did it feel like, I know for me, writing a lot of um, my queer f- fiction has been, you know, come with a lot of me having to unpack a lot of shame mm. around it. Um, do you have, what was your experience like that? I don't, I don't really feel... Like I had to unpack shame. Great. But <laughs> good for me. I think, I mean, with the sex scenes, I, I totally, I think I had a moment before I'd even started writing them where I was talking to my my publisher about it, which is, yeah, part of, I guess part of the reason why having that mentorship with her was so valuable mm-hmm. um, because my, my, my publisher they're the, it's like a two-woman army um so they're, they're very small um you know a lesbian couple in america a little older and you know nicole is just wonderful and she can just sit you down and be like stop being an idiot you know oh, amazing it's like you, you know why like, you know she, she's just like you 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 want to write this right mm-hmm. i was like yes <laughs> <She's> like, so, <laughs> so why feel any nerves about it and it, yeah. you know it, as long as you're happy with what you've written and it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks yeah, I was beautiful. of course was concerned with my my family who was weirdly over supportive you know and I, I've literally had so many conversations like my uncle where I'm like Are you okay with anal <laughs> which is a weird thing to be asking your <laughs> yeah. uncle right and he's like yeah you know it's totally it's fine good. I was like okay you know or it's you know my funny. my dad saying he didn't read the scene and then he gives me back like a spelling error that you know I, I from, wrote, from I wrote, the scene well I wrote grinded instead of like ground up and I was like well there's uh, what's grinding on what I know I know where that came from and clearly a man's a liar and he did read it <laughs> <laughs> curious curiosity over and yeah, who clearly. can blame him yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, I love that. It's hard, hard with families. It was, yeah, I've always found it difficult with my family. I come from quite a religious upbringing, so mm. it was, all, it was awkward. Yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah. I'm lucky in that in that regard as well. I've got you know, white Western family, and they've always been really open. Yeah, amazing. So mm. it's still, still doesn't take away the discomfort of you know your mum yeah, reading no. anal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, like your mum reading anything, right? Like your mum reading anything about sex. I'm like, I don't want to think about my mum and sex in the same in the same universe. Moment. Yeah, yeah, just. <laughs> It's, I'm okay with it not happening. <laughs> um, okay, sorry. I derailed the conversation to sex. Where do you want to take it next? Um, I mean, you did, I, I brought it up, so <laughs> you don't have to feel too worried about it. Um, I, I think that is all just to say, in a, the 
maybe um, we can come back to the book at the end, but just to say that I thought that your the romance part of it, which is not the part of it that I would normally gravitate towards, was great. And the sex scenes were great. I thought and they were really, really well done. Vice versa. Not that I'm opposed to fantasy at all, but I'm definitely more romance than fantasy. Mm. The, your world building and the, just like the imagery was so captivating for me. So you really did well on both fronts Thank there. You. She, she says after reading 20% of the book. <laughs> you know what? It counts. You, yeah, it does count. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. I know. Um, that is only because I only gave her my Kindle the other day with mm-hmm. it on it. So it's my mm-hmm. fault. It is my fault. Um, <laughs> Um, that so what I wanted to go on to next, if I can if I can ignore the, can you hear the dog by the way? That's, That's a little dogs. bit. Oh, it's Jiffy. Yeah, we've got it's, four it's dogs. We're surrounded by dogs, so oh, they're all yelling yeah. at each other. I know. Um, is what I want to talk about is so this is your first novel. So mm. obviously you're not writing full time at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering how did you manage to balance work with getting this novel out very quickly and getting up very quickly? Like what was your you know, we could talk about routine or we don't yeah. have to, we could just talk, or we talk about balance, we could talk about um, time, things like that. Yeah. I mean, so I started March last year and the first draft was done October. Mm. Um, and so I, I basically, when I was, I graduated uni 2020, but I believe I had. I'm trying to, I don't know why I'm looking at the calendar right now. Like I'm trying to figure out what year <laughs> it's like it is. Like, Where are we? What's going 2022. On? Um, so I, I had been working part-time then. And then last year was when I got into the, the nine to five mm. uh, in, in a tech job as well. So it's not, it's, it's not, not really something. nine to five. Oh uh, yeah. It's whenever to whenever really yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's also not a job where you can kind of switch off your brain. So you kind mm. of get all melty. Mm. Um, so I, I started about July last year. So I had a few months where I, I was working three days a week. And even mm. then, I still really still managed to churn out the exact same amount. You know what? <laughs> um, That's something I see a lot. It's, it's like creative too. You go from full-time to part-time and then they're like, yeah, I'll be able to double what I make. And it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. it's hard. I remember I had a week off a few months ago when I switched jobs. And I was like, I'm going to get like, you know, X amount of thousands of words done. And no, I think I got less done than I usually did because I was yeah. just like paralyzed a little bit. But um, yeah. in general, I am an introvert, which works in my favor here because I honestly don't have that much of a social life on the weekends mm-hmm. um or if I do it's it's in the afternoons um or evenings so I I do tend to spend Saturdays and Sundays writing and Beautiful. that is usually because I get off work and then I lie down on my couch and then I'm like I think about writing <laughs> yeah. and then I don't do the yeah. writing <laughs> um so I, I think I also got into that habit because I unfortunately I got COVID earlier in the year and it took me out like I, I had all the brain fog I was fatigued mm. I was napping so much um and it just meant that my productivity was going down so I I tend just to set myself like get a chapter out which in fantasy is usually between what three and a half k to five k is usually mm. what I try to do a week um oh, cool. beautiful yeah and I I I, I did try I remember when James was doing like the 500 words a day thing. I was trying that for time, but I, I find I take so long to warm up that mm. um, it just doesn't work that well. Yeah, for that's me. interesting. I think yeah. we, we often say to people, you know, it's not necessarily about doing it every day or 500 words a day, but mm. it's about finding 
a routine a time, that does yeah. a time work that works for you. And if that's easy for me, it's much easier to do 500 words a day, but for someone else, it might be easier to condense that into Saturday morning yeah, or, yeah. or Saturday. And, but, but the important thing is coming back to it regularly, I think. So you keep the yeah, thread, the thread. Yeah. especially when, with, you know, something like fantasy where there is a lot up in the air. Mm. And I feel like there are a lot of authors who write incredibly complex books, but when they have those like two months away from it, trying to then get back into back it, into it yeah. it's just a nightmare. It like a I, nightmare. from experience, I know, like you cannot get your head around what you've created. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Yeah. I think I also, I use this app called Forest. Oh yeah. Is, yeah. I love Forest. I so love cute. Forest. Can you too. explain it to me, please? Go, sir. You, you okay, explain. Sure. Um, it's a little app where you can, it's, it's kind of like cold turkey, but you, you lock off your entire phone for a set amount of time. It can be any, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 yeah. minutes, and it will grow a little tree for you. Yes. Um, and if you move away from this app, the tree will die. And you develop an emotional attachment oh, no, to your little forest. <laughs> so you can't kill I've my had, tree. I've had some die before. It's deeply upsetting. You're like, oh, oh man, <laughs> I just killed this tree. Wow. Um, you you tree murderer. Exactly. Yeah. And then you can you can you get points and you can save up for prettier trees. Oh. Then it's like got the visual right. aspect to it. So oh. I, I use that and I just do little 25 minutes sprints and I listen Beautiful. to cryo chamber, which is this ambient drone music. I don't know why, oh. but I guess because I always write weird, kind of like eldritch mm. stories. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just sort of, yeah, listen to this weird droning music. And, yeah, I, I can't. I'm a, I'm a big, so. a big atmosphere, Rick. Yeah, and like I don't find, yeah. find if there are too many lyrics or anything. I, I can't do I, it. I can't either. do it. It's yeah. gonna be. It's like lo-fi or it's like you know it's ominous tones or it's listen even, to cryo chamber the excellent okay, ominous cool. tones. There. I often yeah. did like the <laughs> Game of Thrones soundtrack because that almost, uh, yeah. that never has any words well yeah. some, some very rarely it does because mm. there are a few like in world songs but mm. usually it's tones so i'm all i see sometimes because I, I write at the cafe down the road from us mm. in the morning mm -hmm. and so this morning lo-fi beats were on and i was really productive like i wrote way make, over my word line. you gotta make ash put on the lo-fi well like the other day it was what was it it was like Limp Biscuit or something or like, no, it's like some 41 or I'm just going, I can't do this. Can't do anything, <laughs> no. But you know, I love it. We've all got our ways. Yeah. I always get something I feel like is really sorry to talk about myself for a second, but um, I, sometimes I, I get panicked because I go, Oh, you're only, you can only write at cafes. So you're not, mm. you're not a real writer because if you had that taken away from you and you didn't get cafe time, you would never get anything done. But I mean, do you feel like set and setting is, is important for you? Yes and no. I mean, because I also, I have a dual work thing where I, you know, work from home mm -hmm. and then I walk the five meters to my couch and I'm off work. Yeah. I really, I tried hard to keep this sort of separation for a while. I was like, I'm going to wear shoes. I'm going to wear real pants that button up. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly I'm like, no. in these elastic waist pants and I never mm -hmm. wear shoes. Right. <laughs> like, and then I, I, I don't know. Like I, I honestly find I write best when I'm hunched up like a little gremlin mm. on my couch in the worst position ever. But I, I do like taking myself down to like, I've got a cafe down the road. So sometimes on Saturdays I, I go down there for me. I, I don't know. I think, I think I just need like time to do it. Like if I feel like something, I don't know if I've got a time limit, you know, I'm like, oh, I've got to meet this person in half an hour I can't do anything for that half mm -hmm. an hour I'm like oh, I've got to ease into it and I'm not going to warm up and then by then uh, it'll be There's too a late social obligation that's like creeping up on my writing time no, yeah it's, it's not, not happening happen. it's yeah. not yeah. happening 
Um, I was wondering if we could talk about your publishing journey and yes. if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be really interested. Like, I don't know anything about it. Like, how did oh. this come about? Like, lay it on. I'm sure, I've that. told you about it before. <laughs> I'm trying to be a good podcast. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'll keep the fiction. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> the, the mystery of it all. Yeah, um, it's an interesting one because I, I guess I tried the the traditional route of uh, querying, getting your ass handed to you in rejection letters, that kind of mm, jazz. Fun. Yeah. The fun, yeah. I, if I could just you know preface this with, I've read Seth's entire first novel and it was amazing. Like it was in every way, just as good as Reforged. Oh, wait, so this, sorry, the novel before. It was yes. novel before, yes. Ah, yes. Yeah. So yeah. Reforged is the, is, is Reforged the second novel you've written? But you've, you've dabbled in I part guess. two of the first the one. The first right? one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so. And, you know, and just seeing that, that beautiful book, which was amazing, didn't arouse, I mean, you, you got some interest, right? So I don't want to yeah. ruin the story for you, but <laughs> didn't sell, whereas Reforged did. And to, in my mind, it, you know, they're just as good as each other. Mm. What's your thoughts? Um, I look back now at that first one and I'm like, <laughs> like really? Vomit. Yes. I, I will. I'm going to actually That's tackle crazy. it. It's, my it's next very book. good. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's much bigger and more complex, yeah, I guess, in a yeah. way. It's about double the length, maybe. Right? But it is what I'm, I'm actually going to go back to it after I finish the sequel. Yes. Um, I actually got... Um, a relative of mine passed and I got a little bit of, she, she left me a little bit of money and I actually went and hired Chesty Neven, who's the editor for Mistborn. And I had her so cool. read this. Yeah. So I've got a good base because I'm like, something's just not right with it. And I, I think honestly, I will be writing it from scratch. But <gasps> oh, I know, baby. I know, I know. So yeah. I'd probably be, re- I'm probably going to gut it a little bit and take out some of its bones and some scenes, mm. but I think a lot of it I'm going to rewrite. Do you have the energy? Like, I'm very impressed. Yes. Like, do you, I, I, how do you feel I, thirsty for it? I've got, because I think I have actual years now, but I remember, because yeah. it, yeah, when I first started writing this, I was like, this is going to be my debut novel. This is absolutely mm. going to be it. And I remember sitting in a car with Pamela. She was driving me home because I've got this, I had a terrible back injury. And so she drove me home one day after this writing course. And I remember her looking at me and she was like, look, I don't think this is going to be, the novel that you debut with and i was like what yeah brutal oh god my dream you know yeah. is falling apart um but she was she was right i i think it was a really ambitious project and i think i can do it better now Beautiful. but um mm. I what guess a, yeah. Yeah, I just I really love that. And I think for a lot of authors, our first books, you know, they're our babies and they teach us so yeah. much. And I think you hear a lot of stories about them getting left on the wayside, like mm. mine, mine has been. And I don't have the energy to go back to her. But I love mm. I love a story of like this rekindled energy for for her and to get to yeah. return. It's so cool. Like I know um Brandon Sanderson, I think wrote 13 novels or something before mm. his first one was published, and he went back and like the novel that became The Way of Kings was a completely rewritten. Mm. Um, and that is his most successful. Oh my god, really? That's so, so yeah, cool. yeah. And he wrote it. You know, I think it was the first novel he tried to write, mm. and it was just, it was, you know, he was eighteen or something. He couldn't do it. It was it didn't work. And, um, but you know, he actually will share the draft with people. That's you so can, I think you can get it on on the internet, and you can see, you know, the bones are there. Yeah, That's so cool. 
Well, hopefully that's a similar story to yours, Seth. But that, I would, hope be, that so. would be so exciting. Mm. Yeah. If I, if I go back to the question with the actual publishing journey, yeah, it was no, it's okay because I, I, yeah, I was pitching this novel, which I'll yeah. just quickly say was like a necromancer resurrection anti bury your gaze thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got like a revise and resubmit request from my now agent. Um, and then I spent five months reconfiguring the whole thing, sent it back. And she was like, no, I've, I've, look, I've already signed, filled my list with something similar. And I, I just don't think it's quite there, but I've got this uh, publisher that might be interested. So she sent it off to Blind Eye Books, um, just my now publisher. They read it and also said, I don't think it's there yet. But I think you've got something and I'd like to offer you a mentorship. And this message at first was heartbreaking and I remember being very dismayed by it. And I remember getting your, me- your message, your messages along this journey. Yeah, because uh, I, I guess I just had this dream of, of, of what I wanted it to be. Um, but I was like, okay, look, let's, let's do this mentorship. And Do you think a lot of it is just remembering how much time you put into I think so. Yeah, yeah. and you're just like you get so years of my life into this, and you're like, "Fuck, can I do this again?" Especially if you put anything of yourself in there, and then you're like, "Oh, it's me that's getting rejected. It's not just my work. It's it's me." It doesn't matter what people say. It's not personal. It's not personal. It's like, well, my whole soul is in that. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit personal. (laughs) Imagine it was more painful getting that far and then being rejected than it was yeah just the yeah. you know quick oh sorry no sorry no sorry no yeah because I, I think I, I truly believed after that revise and resubmit I was like I can get this perfect and yeah. then everything will be fine and then it wasn't mm. and I was like oh yeah <laughs> that's fine um yeah and then I got the the mentorship so then it was going to be a novella and um they were you know willing to to publish the novella and you know Blonde Books is also very small so I I didn't have high hopes initially sorry Nicole if you're listening to this but I was like <laughs> I was like okay it'll be you know, it'll be pretty small. And I mean, even when I started writing Reforge, like Nicole has said that she thought it was going to be like a modest mm. print run. Like they mm. were just like, just get you on your feet, you know, yeah. actually get you a title under your belt. And maybe within five to six years, you might get a backlog that gives yeah. you something livable and blah, blah, blah. You can go mm. from there. So, I mean, that's like Blind Eye Books whole mission is like, let's seek out queer authors that mm. we can publish and get an actual title under their belt like that's it's that's so cool whole thing. What a yeah amazing. Awesome. what legends yeah yeah they're great they're great yeah amazing um and so then obviously your novella didn't become a novella and no, <laughs> no it is. can, you, can you even comprehend what it would have looked like if it had been yeah, 20,000 words because i i found this excellent calculator online for for novella where it was like this massive excel spreadsheet and every scene ah. with every word was like mapped out you know right. like with all the arcs broken up and blah 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 and i was like i'm gonna totally stick to this and then it was like <laughs> it's just a completely different art form and i yeah i don't i don't think i have the novella skill mm. oh it seems i can't like it's it weird because when you yeah. reduce the amount of words you have it does seem to become harder yeah yeah i agree yeah. i think it is as you say that's like a completely different art form yeah and um yeah just not as well known either like mm. if, yeah if you're good at it it's a yeah i can imagine yeah it is i started reading a bunch like because i was like i've yeah. got to get this down i was reading like a, like a bunch of random ones as well like not fantasy but like a ballad of black tom is the one that immediately comes to mind just mm. uh it's a, a black man's perspective of an hp lovecraft story which mm. uh very wildly racist usually so it's very right interesting, interesting. um 
and it was like, you know, I think it was perfect. It was like 21,000 words. I was trying mm. to find all these novellas that were just this Bang length. On. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I was like invested. I was like, I'm going to do this. I love that you tried so <laughs> yeah. hard. And then I failed so far. Well. Yeah. You know what? Your story just wasn't having it. It knew that it needed oh, to yeah. be. It needed, it needed to, to be bigger. Be... Well, especially going from, I mean, your first novel, I don't know if you want me to name it in case that's. Oh, no, you um, can. I mean, which is Soul's Trespass was. Yeah. Um, what 160,000 words? Oh, initially, yeah. Yeah. And oh, then I, I chopped it down to 125. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I got a lot of waffle I could just slice. I was just trimming it, not even plot-wise. It was just mm. like, oh, I got all this waffle. Um, but it's still I was still big, still big. Yeah, so try, <laughs> trying to do something that was a sixth the size of that. Oh, just, yeah. oh it's, my a, God. it's a different skill. So set, it was right? not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially because you are. So like your line, like your uh, prose is so, I'm like, what's the word for line words? <laughs> your prose is so much a part of your story. Like I don't consider myself like, I, I enjoy the prose part, but I don't consider that to be my particular mm. strength when I'm writing. But for you, it's like, yeah, that is filled to your, it's so strong. And to be able, you to want to more space down, yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Actually, Whereas, I, I think I actually had to refine it a bit more because I think, with Soul's Trespass, it when when everyone was saying it wasn't quite there, I think part of that was not that it was flowery language, but just some things. I remember Pamela always saying, "You've got to write it on the page." Like I think sometimes yeah. I I didn't always I wasn't always explicit with with what I wanted mm. to write. I, mm. I think that's the thing with the with reforged that i've noticed the difference between reforged and soul's yeah. trespass even though i absolutely love soul's trespass was you can feel it's tighter it's and i'm tighter. guessing that's yeah. because you know you you obviously went through an editorial process and and things like this but also i, I could tell you'd matured as a writer and i've also read some of your other stuff you've been writing on the side lately and mm. you can just tell it's like you have gotten rid of the chaffy part of yeah. what your writing was before and now it's clean and it's lean and it's just it still has that beautiful quality to it but it's not you know like oh uh, you know like okay well i'd love to get to the action now which is what i always yeah, my, always was my yeah. note for you right and so it's just yeah. what, it was like well where's the plot here i remember it's beautiful yeah. to read but where's the plot which obviously is a personal Classic preference but James. i had none of i had absolutely <laughs> all i get none of that in reforged at mm. all it was just clear and everything was contributing to the plot and i felt like you'd managed to meld those two parts of your writing really really well Thank you. Yeah, it was great. You can see why I want to rewrite Souls now, because I'm like, I feel yeah, like I've got this new skill set. I've got to, yeah. <laughs> got to apply it now. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Um, do you want to talk about marketing a little bit? Yeah, I'd like to talk to you about, um, so you, well, obviously, um, Blind Eye Books is a, a small press, so you yeah. decided you, and I'm just reading between the lines here, you decided you'd try to take it upon yourself to do a bit more of the marketing and a bit more of the promotion. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there was always going to be, it was always going to be in my court. I feel like even with, bigger presses if you're not yeah. their darling then you're not going to get you're not going to get the attention you're not going to yeah. get the funds anyway yeah yeah um because i remember even um we had you know rebecca from our once again yeah, writing group yeah. so there you go just <laughs> do a writing course with me and get on the podcast um and she was published with Harper. one of the big ones was it harper yeah. and she's yeah. like they did nothing for me they're like yeah i had to go find everything and even so even at that size it's like i think a lot of people think oh once i've got a publisher i'm set yeah and that's it that's... career made I wish as well. That yeah, because they only have limited resources, right? And you're not their only yeah. client. Yeah, exactly. You can totally understand. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, just on that before I go into marketing, like I, I, 
I, I think I'm in a position now where I'm, I'm still interested in traditional publishing, but I am nowhere. I think I used to be a bit of a snob about mm. um, self-publishing and then I fell in love with it very real. I was like, oh, maybe I should self-publish like um, Soul's Trespass. And then Nicole was like, hang on. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think, I think we, you know, you're in a really good position right now. And I, I guess I didn't really well realize how well Reforge was doing and mm. all that. So I, yeah, I'm probably going to rewrite Reforge and see where that goes. Oh yeah. Mm. Cause I, obviously I got um, my agent in a roundabout way as well, yes. which I'll just say really yeah, quickly please. is um, I didn't have one f- until which is very unusual, especially with an Ameri- American yeah. publisher, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's really unusual. But um, I I actually was approached by Orbit Books because they were interested. So cool. Yes. And so I was like, I need... Because they, they literally, they slid into my DMs. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, I don't have any. <laughs> I can't respond. <laughs> Do this. I've got no legal training or whatever. So I reached back out to, to Maeve, who had rejected Soul's Trespass. But yeah. I always got, like, good vibes mm. from her and, you know... If one of her favorite games is Dragon Age 2, which I defend to the bones. So I was like, oh, my God, we've got to save up. Up. And the she was like, yeah, Dragon it's, Age, it's, the worst Dragon it's Age. It's the best Dragon Age. <laughs> I will fight you on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, we, we synced up through there. Um, that's cool. Off completely off track. Um, no, no, that's Yeah, great. and you're like, so you were able, obviously, to go to her and say, look, I've Orbit wants to distribute yeah. my book, so yeah. maybe it would be beneficial for you. If yeah, you, and, and if even you, if... Like that did not happen. Um, mm. The time timelines were unfortunately didn't work out, but um, mm. yeah, she still came on board, which was cool. lovely. But yeah, anyway, with marketing, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I literally acknowledged TikTok in my acknowledgements, which mm. is half I embarrassing. <laughs> Obviously, I would love it. Like, I love it. I was yeah. actually, I'm just gonna have put a real quick, like, just bit from my day to day I was having a conversation with a woman today who's very determined that um fiction work is dying and all fiction authors are getting poorer and poorer just like a negative Mm. view on fiction and I was talking about all the new ways that fiction authors are managing to get their names out there and it's super exciting and and, knowing that I was going to speak to you tonight that like TikTok is such an exciting place for authors right now and I'm I'm so excited to hear you talk about this yeah it's I remember, I think about a year before I started writing Reforge, I had a friend who was like, you need to get on TikTok. Like, you need to get on here. And I was like, ah, absolutely not. I'm not downloading that app. And then, <laughs> uh, and then I did. Um, I don't even remember why. I think I'd probably seen an article about um, some book being, you know, shot mm. up into the bestsellers list after years. Um, yeah. And just sort of realizing, oh, okay, it's it's a big thing. Mm. Um and so I, I got on there. I actually had two accounts. My first account, I didn't know what I was doing, and it it died pretty quickly. The momentum stopped, um, and it was just I was unfocused. I was doing cat videos half the time. <laughs> I well, like, I mean, ah. cat videos are great. It's true. It's true. But um, I realized that I kind of had to train the algorithm a bit yeah. to push out my content. So I started fresh and um started following all these book accounts looking at all these book accounts and for a while it was fairly like nothing really happened I think I had 12 followers for like first month or whatever um and then I just started thinking about the type of content I wanted to see and I had this idea this song um this sound came out which was a, a a mashup between out there um from Notre Dame and uh 
something from Pirates of the Caribbean, which was this really excellent transition noise. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I've got the perfect idea for that. So I literally ran on a Friday night. I like sped walk to this uh, costume shop before it closed and I got the crappiest wig Love. that was like, <laughs> I got this farm crown and I, okay, so that's where I spent the crappy cheap money. And then I got my, um, special prince tutor outfit that i rescued from a clothing clothing store that, it looks uh, it looks amazing thank you it's it's beautiful it was a costume shop that was closing down like oh five God, years ago what a winner. i know i was like i'm rescuing this thing even though i have Incredible. nowhere to wear it it's, it's pure <laughs> wow. wool i have to i have to put the icon on every time i get into it because i just <laughs> flooding immediately but um i i just did this uh transformation video i guess uh of zavrius and um going from a you know a young man you know, for the out there part, you know, wanting to explore the world, doing whatever the hell he wants, being the fifth heir with no responsibilities and then covered in blood, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah, the suggestion there, because there is like a lot of rumors in the book about how he acquired the throne and whether it was. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, Which is one of my favorite up. mysteries of the book. Thank you. Is way. it resolved? I, I thought you did a really good job of it. Thank you. <laughs> you you got to read now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say um, that. Oh, I was gonna confess that I stalked your TikTok today, and I, <laughs> I loved it. Do you have fun? Do you I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah I, I didn't think I, I would, but uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoy it. And um, I mean that that TikTok blew up overnight. Like I remember waking up and it had it had like a hundred thousand views or whatever. And I was like, really? oh my god, that crap! And so yeah. many people were commenting. Um, I mean, they were comparing it to every other every book under the sun. They're like, oh, this is just like Macbeth. This is just like right. hands yeah, from course. Frozen. This is just like. Fine. engagement is engagement and it's got like 600k now um views and yeah from there i my follow account just went up and amazing yeah there, it's there's such always, an exciting platform yeah there's always highs and lows like sometimes you, your video dies yeah. other times it goes course, but the thing about tiktok is you get new people almost every time you post yes yeah. which yeah. is which, so cool yeah which can also be the downside as in you might only hit a portion of your followers uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. you can keep always initially though it's cool. yeah initially yes. it's really great yeah um and do you so feel yeah. like it successfully translated into people being interested in, in the book yeah I, i've got he was, I mean, I had people show up to my signing the other day being like, oh my God, I found your TikTok. And I'm like, oh, this is so weird. This is so weird. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. So it, it's it's really lovely. And I guess it, it feels a lot more almost personal in a way for people because I can act like a massive fool on there and it, yeah. you know, people find me endearing rather than... Yeah upsettingly weird <laughs> like there's like a formality to some other platforms like fa- like i wouldn't do it on my facebook page yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Like... Yeah. the more the more people from high school who follow you the probably the worse the more yeah. terrifying yeah. it is to do <laughs> yeah i think i think there's just something that's really exciting about these kind of platforms that allow um readers to get to know authors and yeah. get to know the artists behind the art and i think it's it makes it like I don't know. It's new. We've never done this before. We mm-hmm. didn't really know the author behind the, the books before, but I think it's it's a new way to market and it's really yeah. exciting. And it's also a new art, you know. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's fucking a creative process. Yeah. So cool. I also it, see. Sorry, you go. You go, Seth. I was just going to say, like, um, I do sit in a, a Facebook group, um, which is 20 books to 50K. We've talked about this before, James, yeah. but uh-huh. I, uh-huh. I, 20 books to 50K. It's which, like if you can yeah. have 20 oh. books, if you can write 20 books and self-publish them, you then probably you can get a 50K a year. Income. Yeah, but it, it is... Love it. it. I guess it's less about um, 
it is more about quantity than than yeah. most things. But um, yeah. I do see some people in there leveraging TikTok to the point where they, you know, they can get ten thousand dollar months by incredible doing their TikToks. Obviously, they'll have a massive backlog, usually like thirty plus books. But yeah, people don't even have to show their faces. They'll just do a page flick through a book with one of their scenes, and that mm. will drive sales massively. I love this. Um, yeah. I love this, especially off the back of that conversation I just had, because like she was so negative and I just think, and I was like, you know what? Shit's changing. Stuff's yeah. exciting. Like we're getting more, we're, we're getting different ways to be seen and witnessed. Also, you remember yeah. that article I sent you recently was, um, I can't remember what the publication was, but it was basically saying book sales are way up year on year. Yeah. yeah. And it's doing really well. And a lot of it is driven by social media and TikTok. Mm-hmm. It's and, really cool. People are back on books. Yeah. yeah. And I think like as well, like my publisher being like, oh, like, I don't think you'll sell many paperbacks because it tends to be like ebooks are the big thing now. And then, mm. then she's like messaged me like, oh, okay, you're going to have to drive. Like, <laughs> so cool. We have a second print run. I'm like, okay, cool. So <laughs> That's cool. great. So cool. Can so I cool. ask yeah. how it feels? Like, um, have you been celebrating? Does it feel real? Like, you know, I think for a lot of creators, we dream about this, you know, writers dream about this, right? And then yeah. it, when you get there, it, 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 it's a, it's hard. It's hard it to is. Yeah. yeah, I think like even with like the book signing, it was weird. And then people kept coming into the bookstore and I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah. and then it just... With part of you like, oh, what if no one turns out? Yes, because that day I, mean, I had- a good TikTok on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had- <laughs> People I mean, you, that day canceled. Be like, like I'm me. Sorry, I can't go. Yeah, like you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, yeah. several several people just couldn't come, and I was like, oh my god, you know, that's at least like five or six people. And I was like, oh no, like what if I only had ten initially, and then I've only got four people, and two of them are my parents. You know, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I sold seventy five books that oh, day. That's like, so so and it was it was full of people and you know I, I had i had someone fly down from brisbane i had someone come from canberra i was like what the hell are you doing you crazy people like you know people some people i hadn't even seen in two years came and saw me you know? it was just that's, that's just so cool i know i was it was i was actually it was hard for me to look at the audience i had to keep looking at the, the bronte who was uh you know in conversation with me yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i was like this is too much <laughs> <laughs> it was, but I, I didn't feel anything that whole week i was like i feel nothing and then yeah. the morning off i was like oh i'm sweating <laughs> like yeah. i'm very stressed and yeah i mean I, i've taken a day off next week for for the actual launch because I, I i feel it'll probably hit what are me you gonna do as well sit down and stare at the computer <laughs> i want to suggest an activity i yes. feel like a celebration yeah. activity would be yeah good. i should probably do that yeah you probably, probably should dinner. you probably make myself a cocktail or yes, something sir. Yeah. Yeah. Good boy. Good boy. And um, something this might i guess it's probably not really that relevant a question but um is because of because of tiktok was the de- other demographic or is the demographic of people who are buying younger um, or you, you, know, really, you probably don't know. I don't know. Or people much. who turned up to the people who turned up to the book, um, to the to Galaxy, yeah. for example. Yeah, they were fairly fairly youngish. Yeah, I yeah. love us. Um, I love this generation coming through. Yeah, I always feel like you know, so it's like weird. oh, kids these days they don't read; they're just on their phones all the time. It's like yeah, we're well, on the phones all the time, so we can find a book. So yeah. You book. <laughs> oh, you're reading on your on your phone. Oh, you're reading yeah. on your phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, you do get a you do get the demographics um from the analytics of TikTok. Like, yeah. I can tell like my my audience is like 95% female. A lot mm. of them are United States is like my main audience. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. 
I had a, like a weird burst in the Philippines as well, though. So it's like, okay, like it's yeah, not always yeah. centric to yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that's probably similar to I feel like us is we get. I mean, the podcast is majority female and mm. a lot in the US, um, but you know we get little pockets in India and we have little yeah. pockets in um, certain parts parts of the Middle East and yeah. Like, but it is still very it's very American. Yeah. Um, we love you guys. Thanks yeah. for being with us. <laughs> but I guess maybe Aussie. because of Instagram and um, maybe podcasting is it is skewing a little bit older, like into mm. early thirties, like maybe but late. It's very 20, millennial, but yeah, I think. Very millennial, yeah. rather than rather than Gen Z, I think. But um, see, I'm on the cusp. I think I'm, on the cusp. I'm, I'm, I'm 25, so I think I'm. Yeah, you're a cutie. You, you're technically you're technically Z, right? I I think it's debatable. It's okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, it's 96 though. So there's like. Constant everyone, debates about which genre. Everyone knows the Zoomers are cooler than the Millennials. So <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, take, I'll take Just, just take the Zoomers, <laughs> yeah. Take the Zoomers, take the win. Yeah. Um, I think that's everything we had listed as that we wanted to discuss. Is there anything you, you would, else you would like to say about the book or anything else that you... How can we... I mean, what's your yeah. TikTok? You're both like... Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, my TikTok is Seth Haddon author. Um, we'll put all of this in the show notes, by the way. Yeah. So yeah. Can, can look up Seth's... Oh, I... I didn't send you this link, but I will. I, I actually have an exclusive hardcover edition coming Ooh. out. Ooh, very cool. Yes, with fake crates. Oh I'll definitely pick myself up one it's of those. It's so cool. Like, I'm just very... Oh, that's actually something I want to talk about. Is Yeah, all these all this extra stuff, because you've got your... Oh, you were telling yeah. us before that you have your pre-orders and you have these amazing yeah. loot boxes of people who do pre-orders. That's another layer of things, right? And, and you have your Patreon as well. Yes, yes, yes. Um, oh, yeah. We're not ending this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you have to go somewhere. Yeah, no. Uh, the, the Patreon I actually did a whole bunch of research because I, I was looking I mean like I, I was so depressed like like six months ago I was like I just want to write mm. and my my partner was like just just quit we can totally you know live off my salary and I was like I I feel totally uncomfortable doing that and we probably couldn't live off your salary but it's <laughs> not, nice of you to say that. yeah <laughs> And I was trying to find other ways that I could sort of diversify this. And I, I looked into Patreon and I don't have that many. I've got like, you know, 18 people, but it's, mm. it's you know, I think I've got two people there who give me something like $50 a month, which I'm oh like, yeah. incredible. You know, yeah. and it, doesn't, it doesn't take that many before you're like, oh, well, that's like a whole a two days of my old cafe. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and it's lovely because I'm just, I'm just doing my well building or you know i'm like here's a characterization letter i wrote i posted yeah. that yesterday. i'm like this is oh so embarrassing God, i was like <laughs> or you know some art i do and i've just got like another artwork commissioned for like for my patreons exclusively oh so. that's so cool yeah because I, I just really want to do it i was like i'm looking at all these people that uh, are just putting all their chapters on patreon and doing it as serials and they make yeah. so mm. much money because oh, i've got yeah, this yeah. huge audience that are engaged so i was like i just really <laughs> love what you're doing did you see me get overwhelmed <laughs> i got I really overwhelmed i think that, there you go if you want to if you want to support a up-and-coming young author then seth seth's patreon yeah i think it. please join me go to seth <laughs> Thank Amy's you. Amy's actually Amy we already we already, we already we're page, already patrons. Yeah. Well I am but you can join separately if you want. You can have your own Patreon account. <laughs> so <laughs> you can go a higher yeah. tier than me if you want. I think for me this excites me because again I think you know I'm just coming off the back of so many conversations of just very sad fiction authors and they're like there's no way to make money there's no way to connect there are so many new ways to do this you know and the Patreon's such a cool way to connect and what you're doing you're sharing your world building you're sharing characterization like it's being an author it doesn't look like being an author 50 years ago it's different it's new and honestly it's fucking cool and I just love that there's so many different ways now to connect and to make money as as fiction authors yeah Yeah. I mean I, I think I like I do have 
people I know who who truly think they'll never be able yeah. to write full time and they get frustrated when I'm stuck on this idea that I I will be able to write full time. And obviously I I I have a partner who will help me if mm-hmm. I if mm-hmm. tomorrow I wake up and I am broke and I've got parents that will take me in. Yeah. So yeah. I I do have a, a safety net. Um but even like balancing everything with a, a nine to five and and all that, like I haven't bought anything for myself for the whole year. I, I like I spend everything on the book. Like I yeah. anything yeah, I want to promote. You're investing in your in your yeah, business. Yeah, it is. It is exactly yeah. an investment. Um, but no, I I mean I I just I I don't see myself being in tech for the rest of my life. Good. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, would, your book hasn't even yeah. fucking launched, Seth. Like, this That's is true. the beginning. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm so here for this. Yeah. Uh, so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Of course, Amy will champion you all day. Anyone, anyone who, anyone who wants to write full time, Amy is always going to be in their corner. Yeah. As I, as I am as well. Yeah. But you I'm know. just slightly more intense. Amy's it. the thing is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm in that camp of, oh, I, don't, I doubt I'll ever sell a book, blah, blah, blah. You know, that, that's, you know, my, I oscillate between those headspaces. That's headspace all the time, whereas Amy is obviously. It's weird because it doesn't go away, James. Yeah, like even yeah. now, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm probably a crap right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think you think once you get valid, once you get validated once, you're like, I'm gonna be fine. I wish. I think yeah. yeah. I mean, when you're doing something so vulnerable as like mm. you know, as writing books, especially for some reason, fiction feels extremely vulnerable. Yeah. Like when you're doing something like that, like I don't know that that voice is ever gonna go away because mm. it is just so terrifying what we're doing. Mm. So there's always gonna be a voice that says. What, what if you're really fucking bad at this this is going to be so fucking awful yeah. and embarrassing and and I think it's more about learning how to live and how to make that voice feel safe and how to like not get taken over by it rather mm. than trying to eliminate it because mm. I don't I don't feel like it. I don't I'm think sure, it like Brandon Sanderson yeah. every now and again goes what yeah <laughs> yeah well, maybe maybe <laughs> he's an exception maybe I've tricked all these people into yeah, yeah, my yeah. but it is amazing like how the mind will bend into those kind of like maybe everyone just does it dislikes me because of this niche reason you know like yeah. I'm sure Brandon Sanderson has done some gymnastics to or maybe Brandon Sanderson's like it's only because I'm good on YouTube and it's yeah, only because yeah, I'm good yeah, at yeah. Exactly. And then, I don't know or, yeah only, only because of my marketing machine we're mm. good at making excuses. Yeah, I mean, we have a whole podcast about that whole, you know, when Brandon Sanderson's Kickstarter went off and everyone yeah. was like, well, lucky, well, lucky for some, and we have a whole podcast about that, which just reminding our listeners if they wanted to go back and listen to it. I think <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so. I think that's it. Yeah, so I, I just want to reiterate, personally, even though, you know, even though I am Seth's friend, so I guess you have to take it with a grain of salt, but I just, <laughs> I wouldn't be saying, if, if I didn't love the book, I probably would have awkwardly ignored it or something, but I genuinely love the book. And I really think that I'm probably not what you would consider to be the target demographic. And I still loved it. And I think there's something in it for pretty much every reader, um, unless you really are squeamish on violence and sex, I guess. (laughs) But In which case... Maybe not, but you know, even then, I think I think there's still something for you. I think there's still something for you. Um, and I just strongly encourage you to pick up Seth's book and to go follow him and celebrate him. Go follow him and celebrate him. Just just reminding people that all the purchasing information will be in the show notes if you want to support Seth. And if the book will be out when this podcast launches, no, I think it'll. this will launch on Monday next week. And what day of next week is it coming the out? Fourth. So that, that is. You've got that's to know what day it is. Tuesday. Seth. Tuesday. So there you go. You'll if you listen to this on the day the podcast launches, you'll have to pre-order. But 
uh, if you know you listen to it after that, then please go, 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 go. and uh, and buy Seth's book and support him. Cool. Thank, thank you so you much so for much. chatting thank to us. Thank you. Sarah. Thank you so much. So grateful. I'm grateful for all our listeners. We will see you next week. And congratulations. Yeah.